Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This episode is brought to you by Flipboard. In today's chaotic media landscape, it can feel impossible to reach people while they're actually paying attention. Flipboard solves that problem. Learn how at flipboardforbrands.com. That's flipboardforbrands.com. You're listening to, yeah, that's probably an ad. Uh, it's the Adweek Podcast, and I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor with Adweek, and with me as she is each week is Sammy Main. Sammy, always great to have you. Hello. It's weird that you're here in person. I know. It's very awkward every time. Mm-hmm, we're not used to it. No, but we've got several editors. We've got a packed house. Uh, we've got Steph Patrick, managing editor for Adweek. Steph, welcome back. It's great to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, not so long since we talked to Patrick Coffey. The agency beat has been blowing up, and Patrick is our senior editor on the agency beat. Welcome back. Thanks, David. Um, but uh, today is our can issue, preview issue. All four of us are going to be headed to the south of France very soon. Like, we're going to blink. By the time you listen to this, we will probably be on, on our way out. I think we're going to publish this one a little earlier than usual to try and uh, kind of give people a look ahead to what to expect from the Can Lions. Uh, just real quick, I always like to lay the foundation for those not too familiar with it. Uh, can is the Oscars of advertising. It's the biggest award you can, and eh, debatable. Some people value other awards more, but I would say it's kind of the most high-profile uh, international award you can win in advertising. And it is a week-long festival where we – learn from uh, what the brands are up to and uh, brands have been playing a bigger role tech's been playing a bigger role and of course creative agencies we hear from a bit but first let's talk about the news and by news i mean ihob it's been an ihob week <laughs> so shortly after our last episode on the monday after our last episode uh, ihop announced they had previously said via social media animation i think maybe that's about it just mm-hmm. like a gif just like a brief video on twitter that their name change or something will be ihop instead of ihop yeah they just turn the p turn the p over <laughs> and uh it's so Monday they announced what it was. So up till then people had been guessing and it was this lighthearted kind of fun thing of like, I think it'll be brunch. 
There was a lot of good or guesses. Bacon. Bacon. My money was on bacon. Bitcoin was a big <laughs> guess from people. Blockchain <laughs> was another one. Bouillabaisse. <laughs> they were going to go all in on French soups. Booze instead of French. <laughs> Booze, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of those things. It was not no. any of those things. It was burgers. Womp womp. Which is anticlimactic <laughs> only because they already had some dang burgers on the menu. It wasn't even a new thing. They just wanted to announce new ones, and they got us all talking about it. They <laughs> tricked yeah. us real good. <laughs> Damn you. Damn you and your effective <laughs> viral marketing. Uh, so it was uh, the the stunt was basically, I believe Patrick Craig was around. This the first work from Droga for IHOP, or at least it's it's some of the first work. Early work. First major campaign. Yeah. So they this was... Uh, rolling out an expanded burger menu, uh, as you can imagine, uh, they—I don't know—they look all right. Uh, they seem like decent burgers, but uh, you know, they yeah. To, to Sammy's point, I believe like all Denny's type places, they always have a burger. Yeah. I don't. I don't know who orders it, but like, true. It, it's like they always have like the. Do you want the breakfast T-bone or do you want the hamburger? And you know, they've just got those menu items that I always kind of glance over. But anyway, they're going all in. So Droga announced it via this reveal with some ads from half of the Tim and Eric directing team. They're, they're rather silly, uh, slapsticky kind of ads. But man, like people, people who were opinionated. People had feelings. <laughs> Brands had feelings. People in our own newsroom had feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was high tension. So we're gonna we're gonna battle it out right here. Uh, but I will open it up first by asking uh, Steph: Is it a brilliant campaign? Is it a dumb campaign? Is it a brilliantly dumb campaign? How would you define? Brilliantly dumb. That's I'm in that camp. I'm sort of in the middle of the road camp. Um, I mean, I, I think I mentioned bacon before. I think people would have been excited if it was something like bacon. Like there are some, some trendy food items that I think people could really get behind, but burgers, it's like, I don't know. We're all so sick of the burger wars. Like you mentioned, every menu has a burger. It's not even that new. So I think that the, I, I, I think there was a lack of enthusiasm for burgers along with sort of the, yeah, you're going to change your name. And is that, are you really changing your name or is this a temporary stunt? Um, but, uh, but I do think, I mean, I now know that IHOP has burgers and that they're going to be leaning into burgers. I probably would not have known that if this, if they hadn't done this stunt. And so I think in terms of awareness and getting people to talk, it was hugely successful. You know, we recently featured some of the Droga 5 creative team on the Creative 100. And when I wrote up that that bio, I said, you know, with, with Droga lately, the lines of reality get very blurred. So I think back to their tourism stunt for Australia, where they made this fake Crocodile Dundee reboot. Mm-hmm. They convinced everyone, mm-hmm. not everyone, but they convinced a lot of people it was real and it wasn't. They make these Johnsonville ads that are like, if we made ads, this is what they would look like. But they are making the ads that look like. Like, there's so many layers of meta on, a, on what they do. And sometimes I wonder, like, people in advertising – I'm not going to say they categorically love this, but I think there is certainly a tone among, uh, and Patrick, you're probably seeing some of the response too from agency people, like they all see the brilliance of it. And a lot of them are like, this is going to win at Cannes, not this year. It's too late for this year, but next year it'll be a, a front runner for things like Titanium and for some of these categories that honor weird ass like campaigns that don't fit into any category. But but I always do wonder, like, with that tourism stunt, do normal human beings, like, enjoy this? Right. <laughs> or do or, they just want to know what the hell you're selling? Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what, what's been your take on this, and what kind of response are you seeing out in the wild? 
Well, this one was simpler than the tourism thing, right? I mean, it's... Is it, though? I feel like it's It wasn't a lie. (laughs) Is it, though? Bold statement. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a temporary name change. But they haven't said it's temporary. Yes, they have. Have they? Yeah. Have they? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think they're still pretending that it's that it's, it's legit. The fact so. that they changed Lucky. nothing, though, I mean, they're they're laughing at all of us, and the creatives are alternately saying, "I wish I had worked on this," or "I'm I'm ashamed to admit that I wish I had worked on this." <laughs> it's like it three is, layers of meta shame. <laughs> maybe it's maybe like brilliantly simple, where it's like, "Hey, something fun's coming on this day. Get ready," and the people are like, "Oh." Great. Love to guess. <laughs> what is it? And then it comes out, and every brand now gives them free publicity because they're like, what a stupid idea that was. Let's dunk on them for a day, and then everyone gets to have fun. Is it Burger King that changed their Pancake social? King. Yeah. And it's. I think it's still up a, f- yeah. a few days later. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because yeah. this this IHOB, thing, we're, <laughs> I should, no, should timestamp this because this is the kind of story that tends to have a life cycle uh, and, and, and like a, We've reached it. An, an emotional cycle, too, where people have very strong up and down emotions. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday and we still don't really know. I think the biggest question for those of us watching this thing go down is is w- when and how will they sunset this thing? You know, <laughs> how do you walk it back? And I think t- a success will be if they can walk it back and leave it with the clear understanding that this was always the intention. You know what I mean? Whereas like it, it, you don't want them to issue a corporate apology, but you may want them to issue a fake corporate apology like a oh whoops did we upset all those people who love our delicious pancakes i guess we'll go back to pancakes oh we'll flip our (laughs) p back upside down which every time i say flip the p it's i I don't like that phrase no yeah no one does Um, i i think i i summed up my feelings for it in one tweet which was international horse of pancakes is a way better typo (laughs) if we're gonna make a typo on a brand name Let's just have more fun with it. It made Twitter so much better this week. Oh, yeah. It was the light in uh, a dark, dark place. It's like if you don't want to read about North Korean summit, you have so many IHOB <laughs> tweets that you can go through. Uh, the, the My favorite was that not as in favorite as in this was genius, but I, I tweeted something like, you know, the, 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 the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the earth that IHOB exists because, you know, there's lots of people who, like, think that it's going to be a legit permanent thing. And the best part is watching all the Droga people like my tweet. Uh, that's, you're like, oh, they're like, they're yeah, like, I see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, the agency response could be summed up as, this was brilliant, I hate my industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they say that to everything. That's, yeah, they that's do. Any they good. do. I mean, I, I mean, agencies in general. But I, I trust that Droga had an end goal. In mind, they certainly much like with the tourism stunt. They always um, they seem to have a life cycle in mind. Uh, I, I I think it's you know we, so we've run quite a few articles about this, uh, and I think one looking back at these brand name changes, some temporary, some unintentionally temporary, uh, but things like you know Pizza Hut becoming Pasta Hut, and so there this is not an unprecedented stunt. So, Steph, were there, what were some others that I'm forgetting? Like, Oh, yeah. Um, 
Our editor, Robert Clara, had a great story up this week about other brand name changes. So there was Pizza Becoming Pasta Hut briefly and also really, really trying to um, be called The Hut. I was oh, like, yeah. Pizza Hut's cool teenage, yeah. like, don't call me Stephanie anymore. I I'm now. <laughs> no one out pizzas The Hut. Well, right. So emo. Well, guess who I'm came up with that tagline, Droga 5. Yep. So that might be a little bitter for them. Yeah. There was also the summer that Budweiser changed its name to America. America. I mean, sure. America with an A. Um, <laughs> an A. <laughs> <laughs> Next summer it might be America. I don't know. Um, and then uh, British Petroleum, they didn't officially change their name, but they started calling themselves Beyond Tro- Petroleum. I think yeah. they switched to BP, and they said, now BP stands for Beyond Petroleum. Mm. Um, although mm. they divested um, all of you know everything that they, they owned outside of petroleum, so it was maybe a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just no, nothing but petroleum. That was more an earnest attempt of a, of a company that knew it had done wrong, and they were yeah. like, Anything, anything we can do. So they hired Something Edelman. Shining. And mm-hmm. That was what came out of it. Um, but I, I think, you know, it was telling, to, two things were telling to me when I went to lunch uh, yesterday with my parents. And, um, you know, which is, they do not tweet. They don't read anything. And Good. they had, yeah, and they uh, knew, they were familiar with IHOB. They were, because of the news coverage. Wow. And so they were aware of it. They knew about Burger King changing its name. Like, they knew all the all the major points. I didn't really have to tell them anything uh, except a little of the backstory behind it. But two things. One is that we, we met for lunch at Steak and Shake, uh, which is known as a hamburger place, right? For steak burgers, which I hob is saying that they make now. Good point. Just Black saying. Angus, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so we met there, giant sign, and in fairness, I've seen the sign before, but giant sign in the window, all you can eat pancakes. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, and it's I've noticed it before, and I've just been like, well, that's lazy because they have a griddle, so up till a certain hour. And same with IHOP, right? We got a griddle. Yeah. Might as well make burgers. <laughs> like we can make them as easily as we make all this other stuff. But uh I was just like, what? What is going on with the, <laughs> the burgers and pancakes? Are now some weird, uh, you know, crossover? But we should we should go back and because we glossed over this. The best part of this has been the brand response. Um, normal humans being uh, upset or making fun of this, sure, that's a dime a dozen every day. Uh, the brand response on this, uh, Wendy's, of course, coming in hot savage like they do on everything. Uh, they they said something along the lines of we're not too worried about someone uh, making burgers who thought that pancakes were hard, uh, <laughs> which was just right, right for the jugular. Um, and then uh, uh, Burger King changing uh, my the account I used to work on, Little Debbie, like posted this thing about how they had a, a, a big corporate leadership meeting, and after much discussion, they've decided not to pivot to burgers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just like, well, there's a mental image. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, Sammy, what are some a few others? I'm. I mean the the Burger King pancake king, just all of them being like, "Wow, guys, did you try at all?" <laughs> that was kind of the overall tone. I feel like of of some of the sassiest. Um, let me see if I can find my my favorite one. I mean, Denny's had a good one. Uh, DiGiorno had a good one where they blacked out some of their like tagline that's under their logo that says it's not burger, it's pizza. And then their tweet said, "But you probably already knew that." Like just everyone being hyper clear about what they're selling now <laughs> seemed to be the tone. Uh, yeah, no, it's just it's silly. 
(laughs) Yeah, so it was one where uh, I I think this will be hotly debated probably forever about whether it was a win or a fail. I think if your intent is to get everybody fired up and upset and and riled, I will say this. I don't – I have not heard an inside scoop from Droga yet. Uh, I doubt they expect it anywhere near this kind of, and nor would you ever promise a client this kind of blow up uh, because you would just be like, what, you know, what are we promising? This is the kind of thing Burger King would happily do. And you can tell that they're jealous that they didn't think of it first uh, because they totally would pull off something like this and they would revel. This is going to be one of those case study videos that revels in the hate. It's like, and then fans got <laughs> really upset because they missed their pancakes. And like, it's um, one of their burgers comes with pancakes. <laughs> it's so dumb. And I hate wait, that. Like, as the bun? It. As the side. Oh, okay. Never mind. Any, anytime people <laughs> voluntarily cover your campaign yep. for, for free, that's successful. That's, yeah. Think about all the millions of dollars in earned media versus how much they actually mm-hmm. spent to place the ads. Yeah, and and I'd say it's fair to say Droga's been a bit in a bit of a slide lately. Um, you know, they've well, Patrick, I should Harsh. just ask you. You don't think so? I feel like they've not been on their they've not been at their high water mark for the, the last year or two. Yeah, you could say that. Um, you know, they're they haven't had that kind of home run ad uh, that they had with uh, with Michael Phelps uh, for Under Armour. Yeah, I, I'm admittedly asking them to match up to one of the greatest ads of all time. But hey, you're the one who made it; you can match up to it. Uh, they've had some some layoffs. They've had some client losses. Uh, but so it was kind of good to see them. You know, I certainly think a lot of Droga, I think that they still bring it uh, every time and they, they don't go halfway in on anything. And so the I didn't necessarily love the Australia tourism thing just because it felt, again, a bit like a, I don't know, like a one note stunt. Like it was just like, here's this thing, but it's not real. This one is like weirdly layered and we can have a 20 minute podcast right. <laughs> discussion about pancakes yeah, and burgers like, like the lamest. Who's the loser here? <laughs> Maybe us. Denny's. <laughs> the losers really were all the brands that were trying to follow up and failing, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like after Burger King was actually pretty late to it. Uh, and I remember because we they were the last update that we made to our story about brand responses. And then we got this huge influx of more people coming in to read the article after the Burger King thing. Uh, and then after that, anyone who posted after that, you might as well not because you've lost. Like, like Burger King and Wendy's have basically owned this battle. But yeah, I ops the real winner. So I will be fascinated to see how, see how they tie it up. And I think this time next year, they will be a front runner for all manner of, of awards for what they pulled off. And because it's, I have the other thing I was going to mention is that my dad at this lunch said, well, are the burgers good? Like that was his question. <laughs> like he didn't want to debate marketing strategy. He just wanted to know. He's like, Oh yeah, I heard burgers. Are they good? And so I'm like, that's what they want. And that they're not after marketing wonks. Right. <laughs> they're after my dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, all right. Well, thank you guys for helping me hash that one out. So we are uh, going to skip our ads worth watching section uh, this week because we have a lot of ads to talk about as we look at the Can Lions. Uh, but first, let's take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor this week. This episode is brought to you by Flipboard. The creative festival is underway at Cannes, and whether you're on the croissette or holding down the fort back home, Flipboard has you covered. Stay informed on the latest news and trends from Cannes at flip.it slash Lions. That's flip.it slash Lions. 
All right. So, uh, we're, like I said, we're recording this on the eve of going. Steph, I want to start with you because this will be your first can. Sammy's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to you guys. Patrick's been uh, once. I've been a few times. Uh, but what are you excited about? What are you kind of expecting? What are you curious about? Uh, it is a very strange festival. <laughs> yeah, I'm such a such a newbie to can i've worked for adweek for 4 years but i'm usually back in the newsroom sort of editing the stories as they come in uh, to New York. So I've read a lot about Can, um, but this will be my first time actually going on the other side. So I'm kind of interested to see how the perception lines up with the reality. So I'm, I'm curious to just see the festival. Like that's one thing that's hard to get when you're in New York reading the stories. Um, and that's going to be a big part of our coverage as part of why Sammy, our social editor's coming. We've got um, videographer and a photographer coming. But I'm just really curious to see like what are, I know it's not a festival known for activations, but I've gotten some interesting invites. Um, I think there's there's like a, a secret garden that someone is is doing a secret garden where you can go kind of chill out. It's supposed to be very, very quiet and they have different creative activities. Um, you can design your own sneakers. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in some of the experiences um, and also just in talking with um, different people about, you know, about creativity and, and what are their um, what are their best creative strategies? Where do they see creativity heading in the next year? Um, I don't know. Sammy, what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, my Yes. So my, <laughs> I like that was a yes or no question. <laughs> yes. yes, thank you. I am. Um, I, I like you were saying kind of why uh, a, a social editor in general is going this year at that week is to kind of show a bit of the can flavor to people back home in a respectful, not FOMO sort of way. Um, so I, I'm excited just to be able to see like what day-to-day life is like at an international festival, as we discussed on last week's episode. This is my first time traveling outside of the country, period, ever in general, let alone to <laughs> correct Sammy response. Sammy got Patrick. a passport for this trip. <laughs> yep. Oh, that picture is so bad also. Well, there's step one. Good. Mm-hmm. Check mark. <laughs> yeah, so so far I'm nailing the international travel part of it by having now a you need regrettable. Now you need to tweet about like, how 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 frustrating all these uh, oh the beach is so crowded today and it's just the, the drinks are nowhere near cold enough. Well, I'm I'm from Florida and that's par for the course. Is like I did studying for midterms like outside in a bathing suit. Well, I'm just saying like like the, the the and people are already like giving journalists a hard time about this. How much does people complain about can? Yeah, you know it's just like oh you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go to the south of France so for fancy. work. I know it's so fun. I mean one of our staff members, Diana McDougal, um, who's our, our art director, is going for the first time. And she uh, she asked the group, is it okay to be excited about going? <laughs> we were all like, yes, yeah, you, it's actually okay to be excited. Yeah. But I do think there is this whole like can ethos where, oh, I have to go and meet with a million people. Yeah, there right. is like a certain Rose. guilt for 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 being. I remember that my first year was that I I wanted to be all business. Mm-hmm. I was way too all business my first year. We were just talking about this. We had a meeting shortly before this, and I was saying that I made I made several mistakes my first year, which everyone does. But one was that I was so business that I turned down every party invite, and I turned down every like thing that felt like that's a social thing. That's a getting drunk on a yacht thing. And then in reality, these things that call themselves parties are very often not what I would call a party. People are not there to get hammered. People are there to network. Uh, You may have like one drink the whole time. 
Uh, I learned that Dutch parties, you have to buy your own drinks. So I stay very sober at those. <laughs> um, you know, it's just things like that where you, but they're, mo- they're really just networking things. And so the second year I just relaxed and realized that being there and being present in the festival is also part of the experience, you know, is, is part of what makes it an effective trip. Patrick, uh, you are are somewhat curmudgeonly by nature, um, but uh, even you certainly can find Patrick's something. Patrick's face at first was like rude, and then he was <laughs> like, then well, that's like, fair. Yes, <laughs> accurate. Um, but uh, what, based on your one experience, I mean, what are you looking forward to this time now that you have experienced it and you're, and you're going back for a second round? Um, I want to try to go a little deeper if possible. You know, to talk to some people beyond the usual suspects, mm-hmm. and apologies to all my PR friends there. Especially New York ones. I like when the New York PR people are like, we should get together. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, two years ago, I didn't really go on the beach at all. I didn't see what any of the tech companies were doing. Um, yeah, we should clarify that beach is a is a subjective term at Cannes. It, it really just means vaguely close to the water where Google and Facebook and... You know what I mean. Though. Yeah, have bought up these massive activation spaces. Uh, there's very little sand visible anywhere, <laughs> anywhere near Cannes. Yeah, I mean, see what they're, what, what they're doing this year to really get to win attention. Um, talk to the agency people about how they really feel uh, about the state of the business. Uh, there's a lot of inflammatory headlines there's a lot of you know over the past year there's been a whole lot of shit going down frankly yeah and um i think it would be pretty interesting if people might get a little more candid with me than they usually would over the phone candid yeah thank you thank you um <laughs> candid. They, but then uh, now that i'm saying that it probably won't happen yeah, I, the industry is in a very different place than it was a year ago. Uh, we had not had the Me Too movement. Uh, we, you know, it was uh, everything that's happened with the, uh, you know, consultancies kind of becoming a major player, buying up some of the biggest agencies or some of the more up-and-coming agencies. That was starting to happen, but it certainly happened even more since then. There's a lot of more existential dread among the... Not that this is separate from the Me Too thing. That's more of a internal work culture conversation about how the agency addresses kind of the the well-being, physical and mental well-being of its own people. But I think there's also an existential dread about whether the, the agency model, like, can keeps changing. And it's not more agency people coming. (laughs) <laughs> it's more brands, it's more tech. And the this was always like the agency's getaway. They're one thing that they have every year. Like everything else goes to the brands. The agencies had can, uh, and they've kind of been getting marginalized a little bit because they don't have the money. If you don't have the money, you're not going to have the visibility. But I, yeah, I think, I think the industry that kind of where it's at right now is going to be a fascinating conversation. And remember also that uh, this was the year that the agencies themselves or at least their parent companies forced can to shape up. Yeah. And it Slimmed all started down, yeah. it all started with publicists, but then uh, you know, WPP got in on it. Everybody was kind of like we'll keep participating, but you have to make some concessions to us. And it reminded us that uh, it's a weird power dynamic going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, even as can was acquired, even as they're trying to expand uh, as essential and uh Everybody's trying to make them a bigger, more omnipresent organization. You have these agencies sitting there saying, make it a day shorter or we won't come. 
Yeah, and, and it was funny watching. So last year, Publicis did get all the headlines for saying we're we're quitting award shows for an entire year. And of course, Patrick, you just had a good a good story about how eh, mostly kind of. Like, Massive asterisks there. Yeah, like their clients bought around. Publis has even paid for one campaign, weirdly enough. Uh, the they had chose one fire. to pay. Yeah, that was odd. Um, yeah, and so there's a bot. Yeah, many asterisks on this whole thing. But more importantly to me, it was funny was seeing that the response from agencies while I was there last year was, this is a horrible thing to do. This hurts the young creatives. It hurts talent. It, all of that was true. Uh, that's a fair criticism, except that like then those same companies were like, but while we're talking, yes, we would love a 50% cost reduction and, <laughs> and we're happy to also boycott you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and again, think about all the what, what the publicist described it to me as unintentionally earned media that they got from that whole thing because they didn't really I honestly believe that they didn't realize it was going to go over like it was some kind of stunt. And uh, Artur even said if it weren't for all the attention that we got, we wouldn't have been able to sign Microsoft to help us design our new platform. So, And it was a year in which, so we'll segue to the awards now because uh, that's obviously a big part of it. But this question was, so does this mean Publicis is a huge company? They own Leo Burnett. They own BBH. Like a lot of these um, these major agencies, does that mean they're just not going to be up for any awards? The answer was, mm, like, their clients foot the bill, so it's a tied ad. is uh, is one of the major contenders this year. That's a uh, that's a Saatchi and Saatchi uh, New York, and that's owned by Publicis. Uh, but they got their injury fees covered by Procter and Gamble, um, mm-hmm. and so Audi is covering the entry fees for its work uh, from from its agencies. But that's a one-year that's a one-year solution. <laughs> like you can't ask your clients to cover all your award shows for the rest of eternity because clients don't want to spend any money on you. They don't absolutely have to. But let's talk uh, awards. So um, we have run a few different uh, predictions and pretty safe, I think. Uh, lists. We also have several short lists out there of what is likely to win. Steph, do you want to kick us off with anything that you've seen that you think uh, you expect to do pretty well this year? Well, I think it's a tied ad is is you know one that I I, I, I would be very surprised if that that didn't win. Um, I think it's one of the most fun and interesting and innovative multi-platform campaigns we've seen. Um, and I know it, it delighted a lot of people in our newsroom and a lot of our readers. Um, and it was one of those that I think was able, it was very popular with, you know, advertising insiders, you know, it sort of tickled like ad, ad wonks. But it also, like, I talked to my parents after the Super Bowl and asked them what their favorite was, and they were like, oh, the Tide, the Tide spot. So kind of like IHOB, it, it, I think it served both, uh, both you know, inside and, and more general audiences. Another one um, I think is worth watching is McCann New York's Universal Love, where they um, they they got artists like Bob Dylan to uh, re-record you know some of their their most favorite songs um, using same-sex pronouns. So not just even shifting the gender, but but using um, same same-sex pronouns. And um, I think it was just a really really beautiful, really creative campaign. And it got a lot of interest um, from artists and I think really changed the way that the music industry thought about songwriting. 
Like uh, uh, Devika uh, Bolshandani from McCann told me recently that um, Zoe Deschanel like had heard about the project and came to them and said, "I want to be part of this, and I want to record. I want to release a a new original song two ways um, with both sets of pronouns." So you know, she was making the point to me that that's that's a campaign that really caused change, and I think they have some data about um, just uh, how perception changed afterward as well. So th those are those are two I'm interested in. How about you guys? Anytime, too, that you have a, a campaign that kind of redefines what an agency can do, what mm -hmm. role they can play, because obviously that's a big question mark all the time. It's like, other than ads, what you can make? Well, Universal Love is not an ad. It's not a campaign even in any sort of traditional sense. And the, the superstars of that one uh, are the same when you talk about Fearless Girl. Like, there are creatives on that, but these are largely production. There's a reason that on our Creative 100 list where it is overwhelmingly creative directors, art directors, creative chiefs, for McCann, it was to producers. And that's why, because they are shifting to this model where the production, I mean, the creative concept is vital, but the production, it, it's, it's not like, let's go write some scripts. Uh, and what they pulled off of getting Bob Dylan, getting St. Vincent, I mean, they, getting Kesha, not only to record a song, but to officiate a wedding. She officiated a lesbian wedding as part of this. I mean, there's so many you know, pieces to this. Uh, and, and I know they're very proud of it, and I, and I think it'll do very well. But and Sammy, have you seen any that you're excited about across the board? Doesn't have to be big TV things. One that I really, really loved when it came out um and it was kind of on the lighter side of a lot of the apology type ads that we've seen since or kind of like campaigns about like bad company, not us. But uh, what I really enjoyed was KFC's FCK kind of like huge print ad for somehow they messed up their chicken shipment. <laughs> so their KFC's across the UK and London didn't have any chicken. And yeah, so they hundreds just hundreds of locations, yeah. which <laughs> apparently outraged many people. Um, but they were able to kind of um, tongue in cheek, own up to it in a very like playful, clever way that may not have done very well here, but it did do very well over there. And it kind of showed that they could own up to to their mistakes because clearly that was a problem um, for a KFC. And so I kind of appreciated it. it wasn't like big or flashy, but it was funny and it owned up to it in a way, like I said, isn't exactly in the annoying way that companies now do that. I, I will, I, I'm, I'm not going to say like what I would eat or whatever, because I've gotten myself in trouble doing this before, but I will say that if that one does not win a Grand Prix, I will be shocked. Really? It is just right in the wheelhouse of can juries and juries in general love these ideas that anyone could do, but no one would do. Mm. That's like the sweet spot where they just get so excited. And and for any any brand to run FCK as their headline, much less one where, you know, a brand that like that we think of as KFC in America would never do that. No. Uh, it's just not within their brand. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, for for London, that was uh, Mother London. Did That's a different agency than does the work here. It's Wyden and Kennedy in America. Mm. Uh, and we'll be talking to both uh, at Cannes. We'll be talking to Wyden about their Colonel's campaign and how they've kept that going. And we'll also be talking to Mother London about the FCK campaign. But uh, what else? Oh, man. I feel like uh, It's a Tide ad also is one of my favorites. My mom took a selfie with her bottle of Tide during the Super Bowl <laughs> to post on her own Twitter and send to me. Like, it's precious and adorable the way people have kind of uh, had fun with it. And it was so surprising that night, you know, just in the, all the different ways it was able to incorporate into the game for the people who literally, like, maybe were watching for the ads or maybe watching for football. They were able to kind of hit people at both of those points. 
Um, and I just think it was really clever and it made all of us assume that literally every ad that night was also a tight ad or like that became a, a fun meme or joke for a little while. Um, so yeah, that, that one's also on my, one of my favorites from this year. Patrick, you got any uh, front runners? Uh, well, well, one that really did stand out was, uh, the talk by BBDO for PNG. Um, very, you know, huge agency, huge client, and it was one of those ads that I think you could legitimately call a short film. Um, and it was uh, bold in, in speaking directly to race at, at a time when I think a lot of people would argue that race relations in this country have uh, hit a low, um, certainly in, in recent years. Uh, and, and our politics is, is it's, uh, almost a, it's such a dangerous topic. And yet they touched on it, and it was just a very, it was very emotionally charged piece about the conversations that black mothers have with their daughters about how they are just, you know, things are going to be different from them for them, and that's just the way it is. And with their sons about and, be right. careful who, you know, what people see. Right. Just conversations that, that, yeah, that parents don't have to have with white kids, you know, about if cops pull you over. Well, there was yeah. so much subtext to it that they, mm. they didn't need to be said, uh, which was what was so good about it in terms of execution, I think. And but they still didn't back down, too. You know, at no, the end when she says, this, no. this isn't about you getting a ticket. This is about you coming home alive. And a lot of right. people took issue with that. But, I mean, that was the line that really puts that spot into a, a much more brave place <laughs> than if they had just yeah, been wide yeah. open. And it was it was not – I mean, it, it wasn't really an, an ad for any specific – PNG product either. Mm -hmm. um, it was more like a sponsored film. Let, let's actually let's listen to just a little bit of that one to remind people because in the cycle of the award show season, that one was uh, quite a while ago uh, because it came out kind of right after the last can. So let, let's go back and listen to just a little bit of that one. This is the talk from PNG and uh, BBDO New York. There are some people who think you don't deserve the same privileges just because of what you look like. It's not fair. It's not. Remember, you can do anything they can. The difference is you gotta work twice as hard and be twice as smart. Come straight home after practice. You got your ID? Yeah. Guess I stop you. How's your review? We're good. You good? Yeah, you see? We're good. Okay. Good. Now. When you get pulled over. Um, I'm a good driver. Okay. Baby, don't worry. This is not about you getting a ticket. This is about you not coming home. I'm going to be okay. Right? Yeah, I, I think that one's definitely going to be... Um, it's going to win because it's going to be one that international juries like to celebrate American work that challenges America. Uh, what else? What, what are some other things that uh, stuck out in your mind? Um, definitely the the KFC the the FCK one because it was it was uh, this sort of quick response kind of thing. Um, it's so good. It makes me giggle yeah. every time I see it or someone else writes yeah, about it. It's very so funny. simple. They make I mean, it I, easy to forgive them. You know, I yeah. can't imagine they they even spent. 
too much time on it, really. It reminds me a lot of the Brad is single ad. Do you remember that? It was for an airline, and it just said Brad is single. Flights oh, yeah. flights to L.A. cost this much, and that was it. That was it. Was a yeah, I feel bad that I'm forgetting the the. It, it's not a major. It's not an American carrier, but uh, that thing won every award because they turned it around like in five seconds and it's so simple. I, it's not one of my favorites of all time, but I've seen juries just gush about that ad because they were like, you, you don't have three months to write that ad. Uh, you have now yeah. <laughs> you've got, you've got Brad a single put out an ad. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, Londoner. Nothing beats a Londoner. Yeah. Nothing beats a Londoner by Wyden and Kennedy. Uh, yeah. that was a very, very specific one mm-hmm. that was kind of, surreal and um mm. yeah that's kind of my odds on favorite to win craft i mm-hmm. think uh it is it is a long form spot about uh british athletes trying to practice well london athletes trying to practice their passion whatever it is and they're basically each complaining about how hard they have it like what they have to do to practice like i have to go out to this crowded basketball court where 25 other people are playing different sports because no one plays basketball and it just keeps going and going let's let's listen to a little bit of that one because i think the accents are what really make it inscrutable for for many of us but also make it just straight up awesome no one plays ice hockey in london i have to be my own team my own opposition! And my coach! Yeah? Yeah? Well, I have to run to training, coach my own coach, carry my whole team, and I'm best mates. What would the role be? No, no. Huh? So that was a segment from Nothing Beats a Londoner uh, by Wyden and Kennedy London. Uh, and uh, it was directed by uh, Megaforce, uh, which is a collective of directors. They were also on our Creative 100 this year. Um, so you can kind of see how a lot of this stuff ties together. I wanted to throw out a few quick ones. I'm sure we're, we're running low on time here. But uh, some that, I th- that have really been sticking out with me. There's one that I think will do well, not so much because of the concept, which is fun, uh, but because of the backstory. Uh, it is Scary Clown Night. Uh, at Burger King. And so this is one where at the time I was like, that's mildly amusing. Basically what they said is it had just come out. It was a huge hit in theaters. It was the big Halloween horror hit of the year last year. And Burger King ran an ad in, um, now I'm blanking what country, but they, they said uh, like, uh, you know, the moral of this movie is never trust a clown. And so a lot of people are like, oh, that's funny, you know, like pick on uh, McDonald's. Well, then the uh, Lola Mullenlow Spain came up with an idea. What if we give a free Whopper to everyone who dresses as a clown on Halloween? And then they did a great spot for it where all these creepy clowns are like converging on Burger King. Uh, but the best part to me is that this campaign did not exist. Like it wasn't even something they were talking about doing on October 2nd. And then they pulled it off by October 30th. So they had a few weeks, they came up with the idea in Spain, but then they executed it globally. So basically any location. And the reason was because, uh, that the executive creative director, uh, Pancho Casis, that he had a, one-on-one WhatsApp chat with the global CMO of uh, of Burger King, Fernando Machado. And they were just going back and forth on WhatsApp. Like, what if we did this? And then we could do this. And that was it. There was no account management. There was none of this, like, usual bureaucracy. And we're talking Burger King. We're not talking, like, mom-and-pop coffee shop. You know, this was a... Yeah, ma- we're not talking IHOB. 
<laughs> we're talking Pancake King here, guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they they to pull that off and for it to be this huge PR hit, it got tons of publicity. It was global. Uh, you know, it just it clicked a lot of boxes. The end result, free Whoppers for people who dress like clowns, not the sexiest thing ever. The backstory that's that may or may not be conveyed in the case study, I think could, could help put it over the top. Uh, and I think one we have not discussed, but is certainly going to be a front runner for Grand Prix for Good, which is the highest award that they give to nonprofit work, uh, is the Palau Pledge, uh, which we've covered before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is basically the uh, the promise that tourists make when they come to the Micronesian nation of Palau. They say they you'd sign a pact literally stamped into your passport that says, I will respect the wildlife and the nature and the beauty of Palau, and you are making a promise to the children of Palau. But that that piece is just one piece of it. So it was made by Host Havas in Australia, uh, which is two agencies that recently combined Host and, and Havas Australia. And uh, they that's not those are not agencies you hear about much uh, or, or think much about. And so they pulled this off. They pulled it off at a time when they were in the middle of switching uh, creative chiefs, which is very difficult. That's usually a very chaotic time. And uh, you know it. Leonardo DiCaprio signed it. Like, I mean, it, it blew up. Uh, it, it went it went everywhere. And, you know, it's not one that requires a tremendous media spin, if barely at all. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest expense was probably that they created a video which all tourists must watch when they fly into Palau. Uh, and so it's required viewing so that you understand the pact that you're signing when you get there. Uh, I, I feel like if that doesn't win Grand Prix, it'll at least win a lot. It'll do very, very well. Uh, they do have some limitations this year. I, I should brush up on this, but I think you can only enter in five categories. Uh, so the every year it's kind of funny to see what wins the most Grand Prix. That's usually like the campaign of the year. Last year it was Fearless Girl, uh, which won, let's say four. I should know off the top of my head. But uh, then there was uh, there was um, Sorry I Spent It On Myself by Harvey Nichols had, had I believe, won four as well. But then the record holder, again, going off memory here, but the record holder, I believe, is uh, Dumb Ways to Die, <laughs> which has uh, five or six Grand Prix. It won, like, every category. And it's a silly animation about not getting hit by a train. So you just, you never know. But I, part of me is sad that, like, with this five-category limit, your odds of anything just dominating the festival – Nothing should dominate the festival that thoroughly, but it is kind of always telling to see what is that thing that completely blows up. So, Well, we will be reporting back a lot from Ken. Uh, keep an eye on adweek.com. Keep an eye on our social channels. We're going to be doing – so Sammy's going to be flooding the zone. Oh, yeah. You know me. <laughs> Love to flood zones. Please follow and be kind to us on yes. social media. And watch our Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Instagram stories have really become an art form, and I, I enjoy them when I'm not there. Like, I enjoy watching uh, Adweek's Instagram stories, so that's that's uh, good advice. So, well, thank you all for coming out. Keep an eye on the site for lots of can coverage, and we will be back, uh, maybe not for a regular episode next week, because I believe we'll still be traveling, but we're going to do some bonus episodes. So keep an eye out for bonus episodes from Can, and then we'll be back uh, soon after to talk about what won. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll be back soon. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? 
We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.